Hello, and welcome to Asbury Methodist Church's podcast. My name is Forrest Divini. I am the lead pastor at Asbury. I hope this podcast will enrich your walk with Christ, increase your knowledge of the Bible, and I hope it'll be at least a little bit entertaining for you as we go. We are here in the season of Advent. Advent began on Sunday, and we are um, we are utilizing a we'll call it a study for now. We're using we're utilizing a study called Roots, which is produced by Seedbed, and so this is guiding uh, my sermons on Sunday morning. It's guiding. Uh, well, at least one of our Sunday school, Sunday school classes is using it for uh, for their Sunday morning discussion. And if you've bought the book, you have daily readings you can use throughout the month, uh, well, throughout the season of Advent. They, those go up through Christmas Eve. Now, <clears throat> I have, for the last two years... Uh, provided Bible reading plans for the whole church to follow. Um, it's not clear uh, how many of you actually do that, um, but those have been the basis of my sermon series, and those have been the basis of uh, this podcast for a while. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you actually have a devotional on Christmas Day also. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to do that next year. Um for the very simple reason that, again, I don't actually know how many of you are using it. Um, and it also, it kind of ties me into doing those reading plans as well. And to put it bluntly, I, I want to do something a bit different for my own personal devotional life in the next year. Um, and I'll share with you all what it is later, in case you want to do something like it. Um, but I'll talk about that more as we get closer to the end of the year. Um and what I will encourage you all to do is to, to adopt Bible reading plans of your own, and I will probably um, provide some guidance on that as we get closer to the end of the year. I do think it's important to have a reading plan, because otherwise you sit down to read your Bible and um, you don't know what you're going to do. Uh, if you don't have a reading plan, it's, it's almost impossible to actually just sit down and read your Bible every day. Uh, and you do need to read it every day. Uh, and... I, devotionals like the one that I'm using now, um, I think they have their place, obviously, or I wouldn't be using it and recommending it. But I want you to look through and you notice each day it gives you maybe one or two verses to read. And I think that's fine in, in a short-term period. I think that's fine for us to do during this season of Advent. But it is insufficient as a, as a way to read your Bible every day. And what I notice with a lot of people is they like doing a little devotional like this every single day. Seabed actually has a, a daily thing you can get in your email called the wake-up call if you want. Uh, and it's very similar to this devotional we're using now. You get a, one or two verses and you get uh, some explanation and some encouragement and some teaching and a prayer. And that's all well and good, but it's not sufficient. It's not sufficient to have just one or two verses every day. Reading the Bible is a means of grace. We receive God's grace when we read Scripture. So, 
you ought to read it as much as possible. I would encourage a reading plan that, that requires you to read at least a full chapter or two every day. Um, and even better if you can find one that does a mix of Old Testament and New Testament and maybe throws a psalm in there. I'll get to what I'm going to be doing again later in the year. I'm already doing it now, um, <clears throat> but we're getting off track. We are in Advent. The whole point of this Roots series is that it looks at the roots of Jesus. So his family, his homeland, the story that builds up to the birth of Christ. Because we want to look at why we are celebrating. Why is it we're celebrating? Why is it that Christmas is such a big deal? What's it all about? Um, so this Sunday's sermon... It was largely an introduction. Uh, next Sunday's sermon is going to take a deep look at the people Jesus comes from, his family. Now, this matters to us because we are part of that family. This is something we, I, I find we often forget. Uh, but Paul tells us that we have been grafted on to the family tree of Jesus. We are part of Abraham's family. God himself says so. So, uh, that, that means that Jesus' family story is our family story. The Old Testament is, in a very real way, our history, just as much as it's a history for the Jewish people. We've been grafted on to that family tree. Abraham is our ancestor, just as he is Jesus' ancestor and Paul's ancestor. And so the story of Abraham's family, I mean, it's all got to do, it's got to do all kinds of things with us. So we are going to be doing a lot of Old Testament readings over the next few weeks. Not exclusively, but a lot of them. Now I'm recording this on Tuesday. I was I was particularly struck by yesterday's reading in the devotional, which is for the second day of Advent, which will be Monday. I wanna I wanna take a look at it again. And so it quotes this passage from Genesis 1, verses 26 through 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now,
we were made in the glory of God, made in the image of God, made to rule God's creation. And we failed. So much of the promise of the New Testament is this idea of the new creation. Now, we often uh, hear that term and we think of it as ourselves, right? Paul tells us we are new creations in Christ, and that's true. Thanks be to God. But there is more to it than that. Because the, the New Testament teaches us in many different places. The Old Testament teaches us also uh, in several different places, including many of the prophets. Ezekiel's temple vision comes to mind. Uh, but so does the end of Revelation. The New Testament teaches us that we are made new in Christ, but that one day when he returns, all of creation will be made new in Christ. All of it. The whole thing. Not just humanity, but the earth itself, all the animals, all the plants, the sky, the moon, the whole cosmos. And the veil that separates heaven and earth will be torn. And we will dwell with God forever in the new heavens and the new earth. So one thing I want to encourage you to think about, to pray about, to dwell on as we come into this season of Advent is that the birth of Jesus is something which actually points forward to what he's going to do in the future. It hints at his final purpose. Jesus is born. He comes to dwell with us in the flesh. Just as at the end of all things, the new Jerusalem will descend down from heaven to earth and God will dwell with us forever in the new creation. Now that's a rich vein we can tap for a lot of things because now we can go in and we can say, yeah, you know, there's a lot of symbolism here because we come into winter and things seem to have... Uh, died, but will come into spring soon and they will spring back to life and things will be made new. Even the Christmas lights on your house are a theological statement, by the way, because, of course, the days are getting shorter and shorter. This is literally the darkest time of year because this is when the days are shortest. And our houses are covered in lights that shine in the darkness. Because Christ shines in the darkness. Because the light is coming to dispel the darkness forever. The tree you have in your house, the evergreen tree, the tree that never dies, it represents everlasting life. 
And it's true that it was at one point a pagan symbol, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> we made it our own. As an aside, by the way, uh, don't listen to people who tell you that the reason Christmas is celebrated in December is because we were co-opting a pagan festival. That's not why. The reason Christmas is celebrated in December is that the early church fathers, when they were trying to pin down the date of Jesus' birth, their thought process went like this. God is a God of order, not chaos. Everything that God does is ordered and structured, and so it made sense to them to believe that Jesus' life began and ended on the same day of the year. They had calculated Jesus' death to be on March 25th. So they assumed then that his conception, his conception occurred on March 25th. Which, by the way, tells you that from a very, very, very early period, Christians have acknowledged that the moment of conception is the moment life begins. Uh, that's a separate, that's a separate point to make. But they believed his conception was on March 25th, which is when his life began, and therefore his birth must have been December 25th, because they argued that Mary's pregnancy was perfect in every way, including lasting exactly nine months down to the minute. Now, is that true or not? Who knows? There's plenty of reason to believe he was born in the spring. We don't know, and it doesn't really matter. The point is, there was a theological reason that had nothing to do with paganism that for why we selected the 25th to celebrate Christmas, and it may well be accurate. We don't know, and it doesn't matter. It's been that way for a long time. It's not about co-opting pagan holidays. There was a reason for it. That's all unrelated to today's message. <laughs> um, so on Sundays, I'm going to be examining <clears throat> the the roots that that led Jesus to that led to Jesus coming, right? His family background, what those people were like, and how they might relate to us. I'm going to examine his homeland and his story, the story of the covenant people of God, the story that we are a part of. I gave you homework on Sunday if you were here um, to look back at your own family history and reflect on the on your ancestors who were faithful your ancestors who stumbled, and how your family history brought you to the place you are today. How God might be using you because of all that. And I think that's a good thing to reflect on still. But I also want to encourage you to reflect on what it is we are preparing to celebrate and why. Not just that Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, but what that means for our future. Reflect on the symbolism you see all around you because the beauty of, of the Christmas holiday is that even though it's been so heavily commercialized, the things that have been commercialized are things that still have theological meaning. The lights represent Christ shining in the darkness. The tree represents everlasting life. The gifts, by the way, they don't just represent the gifts the wise men brought to Jesus. It's just the gifts are about being generous because God is generous. And God wants us to be generous. When we gather to celebrate, think about the fact that we are celebrating not just because it's a holiday, not just because we want to and it makes us happy, but because we have reason to celebrate. We have hope that can never die. Santa Claus is based on St. Nicholas, who had nothing to do with Christmas, Christmas, but whatever. But nonetheless, that whole concept of, of a this mystical, supernatural being rewarding those who are good and punishing those who are bad. 
I mean, surely it, it's a bit simplistic and it doesn't take grace into account, but it is nonetheless an idea we can get behind. Everything about this holiday relates to our faith and our hope in Jesus. Every last thing about it. So go crazy. Enjoy it. Indulge in all your favorite holiday traditions. Watch all your favorite holiday movies. And yes, Die Hard counts. And do so knowing that everything about this can be tied back to the original story. God has not allowed the commercialization and secularization of Christmas to dilute its meaning in any way. We don't have to put bumper stickers on our car that say, keep Christ in Christmas. We don't need to do that. God has already done it. Let's celebrate. Let's be joyful. Let's have a good time. Let's enjoy the company of family and friends. Let's enjoy indulgent meals. Let's buy extravagant gifts for each other. Because we have so much to be joyful and happy about. Let's go all out. Because we are celebrating the goodness of our God. I'll be back next week with another Advent slash Christmas related podcast. Until then, God bless.